When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Let's Talk Wolverines Hoops. Live from the Pretzel Bell on Main Street in Ann Arbor. This is Inside Michigan Basketball. Over the next hour, we'll catch up with Jawan Howard and Kim Barnes-Arico to hear the very latest on Michigan men's and women's basketball. Here are your hosts, national champion Terry Mills and the voice of Michigan basketball, Brian Bush. We are back live at the Pretzel Bell in downtown Ann Arbor after a one-week pause uh, for the live shows, we are here, and it's a great night to talk some Michigan basketball. We'll have both head coaches along. We've got the national champion here as well, Terry Mills. T, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I have no complaint outside of uh, it's cold outside, and uh, we're working on a holiday. How about that? Well, if work is talking with Juwan Howard and Kim Barnes-Rico, then I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. I think I think we we're playing in the toy box of life. I would say is is that well, fair? That's fair. Nothing's wrong with that because uh, coach is here and hey, we can chat it up a little bit. Well, let's do that, <laughs> coach. How are you? What's up, guys? Not much. Not Good much. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hi, well. everyone. Thank y'all for coming. Uh, it is a holiday, and I do want to touch on that to start uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, what does this day? What does does his legacy and, and his life mean to you? And, and and every year, I know you know there's always a celebration, there's always an honoring of it at, at the home game around that date. Uh, what does it mean to you to be a part of something like that? Oh man, it's a, it's a joy. It's uh, really a really 
an inspiring day for acknowledging someone who's had a huge impact on my life and, and many others. And, you know, to look at his vision and where his heart was and, 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 and to see, you know, the, the big picture as far as, you know, just trying to make a difference in the world and, and, and despite, you know, being in uncomfortable circumstances and, you know, figuring out a ways to still stay locked in on the message, the, the, on the dream, and, and, and at the end of the day, uh, trying to, you know, bridge gaps. Uh, I think it's, like, inspiring just to acknowledge someone like that who's been impactful, on the, not only just on my life, but many others. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Uh, it's great that we're acknowledging it, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, on the basketball side of it, do, do you remember even as a player, whether in college or or professionally playing on this day? Because I kind of got lost in time a little bit. That's like yes. when I got up, games were being played already. I'm like, that game don't come on at 7 o'clock tonight. But they were playing very early this morning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I've always been a part of uh, playing on a, on a game day uh, where we're celebrating and acknowledging uh, Dr. King. And, and I remember one time I sat on the uh, symposium in Memphis when we were going to play uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. And at that time, I was playing for the Houston Rockets. And so uh, right before the game, you know, I was uh, sitting on a panel with uh, Shane Battier, who was playing for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Bill Walton, and many others. And we were just talking about, you know, what this day meant to all of us and then went out and played the game. And, and it was just, you know, impactful to, you know, to be celebrated on a special day. You know, you talked about, you know, things being bigger than basketball. Obviously, he is this day, is this event, this holiday is. When you talk to your young men and, and your student-athletes about people like Dr. King and some of the others, uh, are you noticing that people are more understanding and more knowledgeable about people like him now, especially based on what's happened over the last 18 months or so with, with kind of this, this worldwide more attention being put on, on social justice? Well, you know what, I, I need to throw that question back to you, to be honest with you. Like, what has what meant for, for you during these uncomfortable times that what we're dealing with, you know, right now and, and now to be acknowledging someone like Dr. King, you know, at times like this? Yeah, I think from my standpoint, the bravery that he showed, it, it's one thing to speak out when it's a conversation like we're having here, right? It's another thing to where, I mean, he was verbally abused, physically abused, he really had to – I mean, there are a lot of brave people in this world, uh, but, but the bravery he had to show to get his message across to me was that, – that's the thing that I really look at the most, and it stands out to me. Uh, and, and what I've appreciated over the last you know, 18, 20 months is that it has been more of a conversation. We had uh, on, our, on our podcast, um, we had last year uh, during Black History Month, Saudi Washington, Isaiah Livers, Nas Hillman, and Ken Ray Johnson. And we just, we had them talk. I, I had nothing to do with it. And I just said, you know, Saudi ran it. And I just said, I, we want to get what you all want to talk about and what is important to you. And that conversation, I don't know if they, any of the four knew where it was going to go, but it was a 40-minute conversation that flew by like that. And, and, and I think that openness that understanding of, yeah, we're, we're all in this together, to me, has been what's so important. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and it's great, like, our student-athletes now during this era has a, a platform that they can go out and, and voice and share some of their thoughts and, and dig back to what, you know, some personal things that they may have experienced that have been uncomfortable. You know, I remember a time when I was a young, you know, a teenager uh, in high school and, 
I had to go through it personally and verbally be abused and uh, by the other race. And unfortunately, it was uncomfortable for me. And uh, it was traumatizing because uh, I was working at Dominic's and I, it was a job that I had uh, just trying to earn some money, extra money for high school and uh, going, leaving the bus. Um, no, actually, I was walking to the bus stop and I was leaving the job and it was kind of late. And so it happened, it was dark and you know, walking to the bus stop and then all of a sudden, you know, like some young teenagers yelling out, you know, some very uncomfortable uh, words to me. And it was, it was painful. And, and at the time, you know, I was just t thinking like, all right, if they get out the car, how am I going to react? You know, I have to defend myself and had to, you know, walk through those steps in my brain on how, you know, during this time, never experienced it before, how I'm going to defend myself during an uncomfortable moment in an uncomfortable neighborhood. Yeah, and, and, and during this time and area, I mean, I think you do an excellent job with this is that, you know, you're not only teaching basketball, but you're raising young men. And, you know, you take these young men to museums and let them see what things is in life. And uh, I think that means a lot because Thank you. We, we didn't have that opportunity to do those things, but you make sure that you do that. And I think those, those young men will appreciate that, you know, down the road. Yes, yes. And, and that's one of the things that make this not a job. It's, it's a beautiful time to you know, have a chance to share and teach and develop young men to become men, but also teach them about not just basketball, but life lessons. And so like when people say this is a job and I'm like, wow, it's not to me. I don't see it that way. Yes, uh, we get paid you know, for this opportunity but this is something that I love to do. And, um, you know, I remember playing basketball as a professional athlete. They called it a job. And I'm like, no, this is a dream. This is what I wanted to do as a kid. Um, yes, you can pay handsome amount of money, but I didn't approach it like that. So now I get an opportunity to, you know, impact young men's lives. And I learn from them, too. You know, not saying that I know everything. Uh, hear from them, learn from them, and we grow together. One thing in the conversations that, that I've had, um, it, representation has been a word that I've heard a lot. Uh, it's easy for someone in, in my shoes, a white man. There, there's a lot of people in, in high positions, in, in positions of power where, oh, well, it's, it's, yeah, there's someone who looks like me who's in that spot. I think that's been a real area of the, of the conversations that expand. What does it mean to you to be in a position like this to represent your, your family, your race, your background, uh, and, and to show people, hey, not only can basketball take you to some amazing places on the court, but, but also after the fact and, and you know, the, the after the playing days aspect. Yeah, it means a lot, man. It's more than just, you know, just having, being a head coach and, you know, being in charge of a, a basketball program at a fine institution like the University of Michigan, but then also being a man of color, a black male from the inner city and being a head coach and what the example that, you know, I have to set each and every day, um, I, I cherish it. I cherish this moment. I don't look or look at it like, uh, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. You know, I, I uh, embrace the opportunity and that, you know, is a dream come true for me right there. Yeah, well, when you, when you come out and you recruit these kids, I think that that's what the parents kind of look for. They look for an extension of their family, and I think that you are a good role model, a good father figure for these kids. And you talk about, 
you know, learning through them and things like that. And I learn stuff from them every day, you know, like, hey, coach is woke, you know, you learn that terminology or coach is lit or, you know, you just learn different yep. terminology in that just to kind of keep up with the lingo and what's going on. How about drip? <laughs> uh, haven't heard that one. Haven't yeah. heard that one, yeah, Coach. Drip. You had to break that one down. To yeah, me. man. Like, I, I had to learn that. I thought it was like swag. And it was like, you know what, Coach? That word is now dated. It's drip. And drip, I'm like, what is drip? And he's like, well, you know, if you have on some nice kicks, which is, you know, some people call sneakers, uh, they call them kicks. Or that's drip. Or if you have on a nice outfit, they be like, yo, that's a nice fit. I'm like, fit, okay, are you talking about my weight? <laughs> okay, fit, no, coach. Like, you know, your pants and your, your top, you know, it goes well together. It's a nice fit. Oh, okay, got it. I got a nice fit, and I'm with drip on right now. Swag. Swag. Swag, Swag is outdated? Swag oh. is dated. Wow. Oh, man. All right, well, I got to bounce back from that. Uh, thank you both for that conversation. I really yep. do appreciate that. Uh, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm glad we, we did that. We'll come back. We'll talk some basketball. Uh, Terry Mills mentioned the, the father figure. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the effort that uh, the father, uh, head coach Jawan Howard, saw from his son Jace uh, on Friday. And a whole lot more as we continue along on Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. We're live at the Pretzel Bell for Inside Michigan Basketball. Here again, Brian Bush and Terry Mills. It is indeed great to be back live and on location for Inside Michigan Basketball. We'll have head coach Kim Barnes-Rico of the Wolverines women's team coming up in a little bit. We got one more segment with head coach Juwan Howard of the men's team. And, and coach, uh, after Friday, a lot of people praised the effort. I know you were happy with the effort, not with the result. When you take that game uh, – you hear a lot of times about, you know, film examples of, of, of when there's a mistake made. How many film examples of, of, hey, good effort, this is what we need all the time, did you get from, from that game on Friday? Well, uh, we watched film yesterday, and, and I, I picked some clips of some very important, you know, details of effort plays that you mentioned, like whether it was rebounding, closeouts, um, diving on the floor for a loose ball, deflection, Still, you know, getting into their man um, and, you know, pretty much, you know, bothering the ball or, you know, keeping chest in front of the ball without getting uh, um, uh, blow-bys. And with that, there were so many plays. And um, if we were spent, you know, watching film and I would have grabbed every clip of all the inspiring winning plays, we, we would have been in practice for f more than four hours, no doubt about it. And we've been watching film for two-plus hours. But there were so many plays, but it was just awesome just to see the, the effort, uh, the toughness, uh, the energy that was brought, you know, versus Illinois and, you know, being undersized. You know, and then some would say, you know, uh, you don't have much talent on the floor compared to Illinois, but we had grit on the floor. Uh, we had guys that was willing to put on their hard hat, compete uh, no matter what and who's not there and, and be dialed in. And, and, and with that, you know, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. So, you know, am I asking for the same effort on tomorrow? Uh, that's the same type of effort they're asking for of each other. And that's what, how they're challenging one another to be consistent in that way and to give that type of, uh, you know, fight uh, versus their opponent, nine in and nine out. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the result we wanted. But uh, I respect that grit and that grind that we had. And, and most of all, it was a fun game to call because I knew a lot of those guys didn't play and all of a sudden they were getting time. But you had that old school model of, 
hey, raise your hand when you get tired. And I would see guys in a hurry, like, hey, coach, get Jaron. Jaron. Jaron was one, and yep. he was like, hey, coach, I, I didn't gave you these hard five minutes. I need a blow for a minute. <laughs> yep, but yep. there is no substitute for, for going up and down and playing and hitting bodies. And yes. I always tell people that all the time, you can go out and run miles and miles and miles, and it doesn't equate to – what has that going on the basketball court? Yes, you're, you're absolutely right, T, and uh, well said. You know, one thing about practice is totally different from game, and, you know, game shape is totally different from practice shape. And so when you're out there playing with, uh, what, 12-plus thousand people, and you're also right. out there uh, playing against your opponent where, you know, practice, you can blow the whistle and stop and get a breather, get a water break. And, but the game is moving so fast during the game, and then there are guys who – haven't been in the rotation, they got a chance to uh, compete versus Illinois. And, and not only just uh, Jaron, but, you know, Jace, you know, he was in there battling against uh, Big Coffee. And, uh, you know, there were times where Jace walked over to the sideline and said, Dad, you know, he didn't say, Dad, excuse me. He said, Coach, he said, I need a blow. Right. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, you're competing. You know, I, I, it's tough for me to get you out, you know. Right, right. We need you in there. Right. But, uh but, you know, guys haven't had a chance to play, but, you know, we always say this, uh, stay ready because you never know when your name will be called and you don't have to get ready. And it, it's beautiful to see some of those guys who have been on the scout team, Jaron and Jace, and I've always said to them, we're going to need everyone all season long, and your name is going to be called. Uh, you never know when. Stay ready. And, you know, it's nice to have, you know, young men who's always, you know, locked in and given to the team and, being ready to go out there and compete no matter what. I love the way that Jace described that game on Friday. He called it a weight room game. I know that, that he and, and Sandman, John Sanderson, the strength and conditioning coach, are very close. Uh, how have you seen that transformation of, of Jace's body since he's gotten here with Sandman's help, with obviously Jace's effort? And, you know, uh, it was brought up in, in the media availability today. I mean, Jace is listed as a guard on the roster. I know that that doesn't really matter, but. Uh, he was going up against Kofi Coburn, who's, who's one of the most menacing presences in college basketball. How have you seen him just kind of grow into that body and be able to utilize it on the floor? Well, his body transformed like so fast, but he's been bought into, you know, getting uncomfortable. Uh, he's been dialed into the culture, and um, he, he also uh, loves working. And, and with that, uh, you get great results because Sam, man, uh, he eats up, you know, <laughs> Guys who love to get in there and get extra work. Guys who really care about taking care of their body. And, you know, Jace is very disciplined when it comes to what he eats. Even though he eats a lot, he eats way more than I do. <laughs> and he also uh, loves the weight room. You know, he understands that the weight room is also not just to get you big and strong, but also to keep you healthy. So he embraced that. And then he also embraced, you know, just being uh, whatever we need of him, uh, being available to go ahead and, you know, bring it to help the team win. And, um, I look at, you know, how he's battling against Kofi, and I'm like, wow, Kofi has like 100 pounds. But I trust, you know, knowing the young man and, you know, um, you know his bloodlines is pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets it from his mom, so, <laughs> you know, he's tough like her. And with that, um, you know, I, I trust that he's going to go in there and, you know, do whatever he can. First possession, you know, he fronted the post and he read it and, Got into uh, Coffee's body, did not care about the contact. And I know he's not going to shy away from contact because I watched him play when he was younger, uh, whether he played basketball or football, uh, he was never afraid of contact. And he played football down there in Miami and Pop Warner. So I know T is very familiar yep. with Pop Warner football exactly. in Miami. Uh, you know, that's, 
very uncomfortable situations, <laughs> and you got to be gritty, and he has grit. And, and then uh, he blocked the shot, and Coffee is what? Got two or three? No, he actually has four inches yeah. on him. He's four inches taller than him, and Jace wasn't backing down. And Terrence wasn't backing down, nor was Jaron Foles. No, none of them backed down. And, you know, last time we had you on, we did it by Zoom, and I was kind of like, it's going to hard, be hard to keep Jace out of that lineup. And I kind of look at him as a Draymond Green, if you will, just a guy that maybe he doesn't do anything just specially well, but I tell you what, he's going to give it all he got, and good things are going to happen when he's out there. And that's the way Draymond Green is. I mean – of course, people say, hey, he doesn't do anything, but all of a sudden they start losing games, and I was like, hey, we need to get Draymond back. When he gets back, we're going to be okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, a utility guy that, you know, all those stats that, you know, shows up in the box score, you don't really see it. So you may see the Draymond had six points, seven rebounds, and eight assists, but his plus minus was plus 20. <laughs> right. And, and, and now, you know, you see the losing of the Warriors, and there's no Draymond Green. But he does all the little plays that does, does not show up in a box score. So with Jace, I know all our guys are in the minus. And no offense, I mean, this is like, you know, this is just you know, statistics that we're talking about, the numbers. And we had one guy that was zero, but Jace was plus 10 with uh, 15 minutes to play. And you look at his stats and you say, okay, well, he scored two points. Uh, I think he had like two rebounds, a block, and assists, but how do you impact the game? Well, you impact the game by diving on the floor for a loose ball, picking it up, throwing it to one of his teammates for a three. You impacted the game by every time he was out there, we went on a run. So, by the way, when I got home, uh, the next morning when I woke up, my wife said, well, you know, when Jace went out the game, they went on a run. <laughs> I said, you're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. But was that when – did Jace ask out at that point? Good question. Yeah. I, I can't recall. Yeah, I, I should have threw that egg. back at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had C.J. Baird on here a few weeks back, and, and we were talking about some of his great memories, and he referenced that game at Nebraska – uh, your first year right, when right. when there were there were a lot of players out, he went in and, and played eight first half minutes. To see that it, it, with Jaron Falls, to have an opportunity when the game was very much in doubt, to yes. have that chance. I, listen, I, I know we all wanted to come in a win, but but for his growth, his development, all that he's poured into this, and how much better he's gotten. What does it mean to see and, and to know? Hey, I I trust you, and, and here's your opportunity. You've earned it. Well, I think it means a lot to him. Uh, I think he can answer this better than I can, but just judging and watching his emotion and uh, the smile that was displayed on his face um, when I said to him, great job, uh, his teammates uh, really clapped hard for him post-game, and, and we knew that you know, prior to the game, he, he really only had a shoot-around. He really didn't practice, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, uh, he was out because of the COVID protocol, and, and then not to have a practice and to come in and, uh, and just, wow. He just gave it everything, and I mean everything, literally. And I was really taking a look at him, just watching him. And that one minute or two minute, you know, I thought at times it was probably it was too much for him. And then he did let me know when he was ready to come out. And right away, you know, I wasn't going to keep him in there too long because, you know, obviously I always said this, you know, their, their health is more important than a game, a win or a loss or whatever, you know, you want to call it. And I, I just, you know, really care about these young men. And, and during this challenging times, you know, as coaches, you know, it's tough. You know, it's tough to balance it. Um, and they all want to play. And uh, we're trying to figure out how can we play basketball 
during the pandemic. And this is our second year now uh, dealing with this. And you mentioned the, the balance of I mean, you're a competitor. You want to win every game. But, but yeah, right. you know, absolutely. Hunter Dickinson, Brandon John Jr., unable to play. They were with the team. Right. How, how do you have to kind of balance that? And, and what are those conversations like as, as you look ahead to tomorrow night moving forward of just making sure? I know they want to go out there and play too if they can. How do you balance that as the head coach? No, you just got to keep the communication line open. And, you know, you got to ask him more than just, are you okay? Sure. Uh, because every every player wants to be like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. You know, let's, let's play. No, 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 no. Let's uh, let us talk to our trainers. Let's talk to the doctors, and let's be smart about it. And uh, you know, Hunter and uh, Brandon, uh, fortunate enough, they've had now going on their second practice, which helps. And let's just see, you know, what tomorrow looks like. Yeah, one yeah, game at a time. Yeah, and just to tap into that, because I know everyone. We're in a society now where everybody wants to know everything. And from a coaching standpoint and going out and competing, I just want you to kind of elaborate on it. I know how it works that you're not going to tip your hat to say who's going to play and who's not going to play. You're not going to know that up until I need to actually write it down and report. I remember (laughs) in the NBA it was 30 minutes before game time. You're not going to get that information. And I heard Coach Underwood even talk about it after the game. He was kind of like – I thought that kind of shook my team a little bit because we're creatures of habit. And his team was probably ready and geared into this is how we're going to double Hunter. This is what we're going to do on this. And now all of a sudden Hunter's not there. We kind of decompress as athletes like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. So can you kind of talk on that a little bit? Well, I'll just give you one example. Last season, you know, we played Illinois here in our building and we had a chance to, I believe, to clinch the Big Ten uh, championship. And yeah, uh, Io, there you go. Io did not play, and we prepared for Io. And like I always say, like we this past game, we prepared that you know Carbello's going to play. I said, hey, you know this young man may play, so let's, let's treat it like he will play. But Io did not play, and I think we kind of like oh, decompressed, like you talked yeah. about, yep. and took our foot off the gas pedal. So we went out and played the game versus Illinois, and Carbello was the guy that started his place, and we ended up losing by. I think like 14 or 15 points because of, I think, and I, I, I can be wrong, and I've always tell them I don't know everything, but we didn't have that sense of urgency in our eyes. I think we kind of decompress and say, you know what, we got this one. Oh, yeah. Well, we do that as athletes. Yeah, we, but, we do that. But getting back to the question, it's like um, I don't want to, and I think sometimes the press get annoyed with me. I don't, I'm not going to tell them everything that they want <laughs> right. to know because you're going to give away your scouting report to your opponents. You know, I love reading what, you know, the other coach is talking about because you never know. Like, you get to talking too much, you may end up tipping your hand. You got it. Yeah. And Curbelo played today for Illinois, so we, we almost saw him. Uh, coach, we appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we'll see if this uh, ball club's that, that effort. We're looking forward to watching it again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah, me. There's head yeah, coach Juwan Howard. We'll come back and, and talk to Kim Barnes-Rico of Michigan women's basketball here, live from the Pretzel Bell. You're listening to Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. We're talking Michigan men's and women's basketball live from the Pretzel Bell in downtown Ann Arbor. Now, let's head back to the show. We have plenty to talk about with Michigan women's basketball head coach Kim Barnes-Rico after a dominant win at Maryland. But before we get into that game, and I, I know we're going to talk plenty about it, but 
the travel back was uh, apparently a bit of an adventure. If, if you don't <laughs> mind sharing kind of what, what, what sorry, some of the, uh, the, the less than glamorous aspects of all this. Yeah, we knew it was going to be tough um, just following the weather and having a, a few of our players, a few of our staff, um, their families on the East Coast. Um, we knew that they were expecting snow, rain, ice. So even the crowd at Maryland um, wasn't that great that day, which actually was okay. <laughs> okay for us. Um, then after the game, uh, you know, it, it was funny cause this morning I was supposed to fly out to Chicago to go recruiting and watch, um, some players, uh, in some tournaments all day. And I checked with our director of operations, Amy, after the game, how's things looking? And she said, well, not so good. And right now we're just delayed. And then we sat at the arena for probably maybe an hour and a half and, you know, the delay went to, well, maybe it's going to be canceled. They look like they're going to close. We were waiting for a plane to get to us in uh, at BWI from Columbus, and things weren't good in Columbus. And finally, they closed the airport in Columbus. So we drove to BWI and stayed there. Then that plane still couldn't get out today. So we had another plane from Chicago come um, to BWI today, and we were able to get home. I guess I got in my house around two, Sarah, two-ish. So not so bad, not so bad. And thankfully, yeah. uh, it's a holiday right. um, opportunity to uh, celebrate Martin Luther King. So something that, uh, you know, we talked about with the team today, but a day off from classes. So our student athletes didn't have to miss any class. And then they had an opportunity to just recover the rest of the day. Well, Coach, you had an opportunity to spend a little extra time, not that you want to spend extra time in Maryland, but I'd spend extra time on a victory like that. And, yeah. and how good was the Maryland crab cakes yeah, afterward? The, they, the they, crab they, cakes? They taste even better, <laughs> didn't they? You know, Terry, I did order crab cakes after, uh, and we did have an opportunity to spend some time together as a team. And most times, you know, after road games, you get on the plane, you get home late, and, you know, everybody disperses. And then almost the next time you meet, you're on to the next opponent. So last night was kind of fun. Um, you know, we had a chance to go. We got a, got a meeting room at our hotel, and we ordered some pizzas, and we hung around, and we watched the game. We watched some uh, former footage of our team and some skits we've made through the years, and then we watched the first half of our Maryland game before we went to bed. So it was, it was a great opportunity to spend some extra downtime together. Yeah, well, not to say that your team is not close already, but, I mean, it just brings them together. And I used to hear Coach Beeline say that all the time. Sudden change brings yeah. teams together because you all got to rally together. You all got to put it together to try to work at one common goal, and that's to get back home. Yeah, and, and that's so true. And, and it hit us really last year when we were in the bubble in the NCAA tournament. And one of the food places we had ordered from – canceled or didn't bring the food or something and it caused us to be together for a number of hours um, while waiting for food and during that time we did so many different games and interacted in a different way you normally don't and the same thing was true last night you know it caused us to be together in a different way than sure. we normally are and get to know each other on a on a different level so it it's tough when you don't get home, um, but, you know, you have to find the positives out of that for sure. Yeah, you made, made the most of it. You made the most of the trip, a 69-49 win over Maryland. We will talk about that when we come back. There's plenty to dissect after a 20-point win for the Wolverines. You're listening to Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Let's return to Brian and Terry for more of tonight's edition of Inside Michigan Basketball. Fresh off a 20-point win for Michigan women's hoops at Maryland, 69-49. to I just want to leave it open-ended for you, Coach. What impressed you most about that performance yesterday? Whew. Uh, to be able to do that to a team that's uh, won our league pretty much every year that they've been in our league on their home court – um, was really impressive. I thought we were able to handle their pressure, um, score with them, and just we, we just defended our butts off. So uh, it was an all-around incredible performance. But to be able to do that on the road at their place, I think, was really special. Yeah, Coach, would you think uh, – would you say that this is your most complete team? I mean, you've had some good teams, but from top to bottom, inside out, would you say this is probably your most complete team? Yeah, it's funny, Terry, after a game like yesterday, a lot of people have been asking me a, a similar question, like, is this our greatest win? Is this, you know, our most complete team? Um, the way we played yesterday was was incredible because it was inside out. And when you have an All-American on your team that really didn't touch the basketball that much because of their defensive scheme against her, and you're able to make shots and do the things that we were able to do, um, that that's tough to stop. When you have that inside-outside game like we did yesterday, that's really tough to stop. I think the biggest challenge for us moving forward is going to be can we consistently do that. Um, you know, we really shot the three well the last couple of games, but there have been games earlier in the year where we didn't shoot it well, and I think that's a sign of a championship team, one that can really do that on a consistent level, and that's, that's certainly our goal moving forward um, and definitely in March. To, to have that most complete team, I think a lot of that has to be from a mental side of being able to celebrate a win, a great accomplishment, but then move on pretty quickly. And I, and I think your ball club's done really well with that. I mean, you know, Maryland had the longest home winning streak in, in women's college basketball, 31 in a row. Uh, and, and that's a great win. But, but for this group, that's just another notch on the belt. How, how well does this team say, hey, let, let's enjoy it for a little bit, but then we're moving on quickly? That's a good question, and it gets back to Terry's question as well. I think this team has the experience and the maturity to be um, one of the best that I've coached at the University of Michigan. And I think, you know, being an experience, being in situations that they were last year has helped them handle those situations this year. So we've been in a lot of tight ball games. We've been against a lot of teams that have been, uh, you know, top teams in the country, whether that was our, our preseason um, Thanksgiving tournament or whether that was playing Baylor. Um, but then to be able to go to Maryland and do it on somebody else's home court, I think is really the next step in that in that process. And the maturity of our kids to understand, hey, we our lock in and our focus really needs to be next level. And those kids, the senior class, and then you know we have a great junior class in, in Leah Brown and Maddie Nolan. Um, they're experienced, and I think sometimes you have to go through that to really understand what the next steps in, in your program are, and those kids went through that last year, so they're really thriving in that position this season. Yeah, well, Coach, I got a little cocky, to be honest with you, watching that game, <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, you had a choice whether you wanted to watch football or basketball, and I'm like, I'm watching basketball. Yeah, And some of my friends actually called me. He's like, what are you watching? I was like, man, I'm watching this beatdown that Michigan is giving Maryland on this other end here. So, um, True blue, Terry, true blue. I definitely was cocky, but uh, (laughs) if you could do me a favor and have Maddie Nolan go over and shake some of our guys' hands because uh, (laughs) I tell you what, she was red hot from behind that three-point line, and it was just – Man, it was wonderful to watch. It was a display, wasn't it? Yes. And, and we did a tremendous job of finding her. I thought we really screened. I thought we really looked opposite. Because when we would get it on the wing, they would send the defender over to double Nas, and we did a great job of either hitting the foul line and going opposite to her or hitting her right off a skip and then sometimes pinned down on that screen. And we did a really good job of finding her. But she's an unbelievable shooter, and she has been red hot um, as of late and uh, it's just it, – it's game-changing. It's life-changing. When you make threes like she's capable of making threes, I think it changes the outcome. But, Terry, thanks for watching. I mean, that's – yeah, you had a lot of choices yesterday. A lot, a lot of choices. A lot of choices. But I was, I was dialed in, man. I was like, man, that's are, awesome. are you kidding me? I mean – That's awesome. I mean, you talk about a team, the number eight. I'm like, man, somebody got a number wrong here. Yeah. Something's, <laughs> going, something's going on here. <laughs> like, uh, and you mentioned Maddie and, and just how good of a shooter is. I mean, the, the consistency. She was seven of thirteen yesterday, five of nine at Penn State, five of six against Rutgers, four of seven at Nebraska. Are, are you just seeing maybe a different zone, a different level that she's taking it to? And and I, I have to imagine that's easy for her teammates to feed off because it, it's not automatic, but it's getting close. Oh, it's pretty close. Um, you know, when Maddie came to us as a freshman, she was coming off of a significant knee injury in her freshman year here. Our doctors were like, we don't know if she's ever going to play basketball again. And this is a kid that is just in the gym 24-7 and grinding. Um, so we figured out, I mean, our medical team, our trainers figured out a way for her to continue playing. And, you know, her freshman year, she would say to me, Coach, I'm a much better shooter than this. I just think being off my knee for so long, my shot has been a little bit funky because I'm leaning, I'm not going the right way. Then after, you know, her freshman year and she was cleared, good to go, she went home that summer and really worked hard on it and came back and was like, I'm feeling so much better. And then it started going in more and more. And in practice, you would see it going more and more in shooting drills and scrimmages. And her teammates were like, Maddie, shoot the ball. And she was a little hesitant at first. And now, I mean, she has the green light. If she touches the ball and she's open, she better be shooting the ball um, because she is automatic. And, you know, we have so much confidence. And she's put in the work. And she deserves the green light. I mean, she's an unbelievable shooter. But her teammates really, you know, it's important for our success that we really are able to spread the floor. And when you have somebody so great inside like Nas Hillman that draws so much attention, you're going to have those opportunities from the outside. But if you have Maddie make them the way that she is we're going to be a really tough matchup it's been a fun product to watch great victory yesterday at maryland we'll come back with more with head coach kim barnes rico here on inside michigan basketball from learfield for the latest on michigan basketball you've come to the right place we're live on inside michigan basketball and we are live at the pretzel bell in downtown ann arbor the national champ terry mills and head coach Kim barnes Rico of Michigan women's basketball. You alluded to earlier, I, I do want to make sure to get your thoughts on today's holiday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, you said you kind of talked about it with the team. What does this day mean to you and, and to this program, and, and how important is it for, for you to make sure that that is a, a, a conversation topic, uh, something that's brought up on this day? 
Yeah, I think last year um, allowed us the opportunity to really have these discussions on a regular basis with COVID and so much time that we were outside of basketball. We did a lot of Zoom calls. We watched a lot of movies. We read a lot of books. Um, we talked about a lot of things that were going on in our country. Um, and, you know, this year being so busy and kind of back to normal, we probably haven't spent as much time really having those tough conversations. So today was definitely a day for us to reflect. Um, you know, on the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and also talk about really what that means to us in today's day and age. So we had a chance this morning for, for some of our student athletes to really speak about, you know, something that sticks out in their mind and something they wanted to talk about. And Emily Kaiser had an opportunity to um, design our shirts that we wore for our game yesterday um, with a little influence from Nas for sure. Um, but they were awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we wear those with a sense of, you know, pride and, and really to honor his um, legacy. Yeah, Coach, when, when you play on a team like Maryland, who, like you say, has dominated this league, and all of a sudden you get up by those type of numbers. I mean, what goes through your mind and what are you thinking? Like, do you like playing with big leagues like that? Or oh my gosh, because Terry. I mean they were you were up and then all of a sudden they would get a couple steals and it's kinda like I would start like, Oh man, are we gonna be okay? Oh Terry's popping open and, that drink. And he was still up sixteen to seventeen. I know, but I know. You know, teams are capable of going on a run. You know? Definitely. And the way that they pressure, they're definitely capable of going on a run. And we saw it the game before we were at Penn State and we were up twenty, twenty five and you take your foot off the gas a, a, a second and they bang a couple threes, a couple turnovers and now it's a fifteen point game and in basketball with the three point shot, fifteen points is nothing. So uh yeah, I, I never believed that the game is over, you know, and even with our starting group, our experience group, I, you know, we talked about it at each time out, like, you know, let's play in five-minute segments, don't look at the scoreboard, you know, play it as 0-0 zero, zero right now, let's try to win this five minutes, um, and then, you know, we'll try to sub and get everybody a break at, at some point, but really try to win this five minutes because a, a team so – um, dangerous as Maryland that presses the way that they do and they're one of the top scoring teams in the nation um, you're always a little nervous holy cow can they come back right, right, <laughs> right, so right. so Terry I was feeling you you know yeah, and, yeah. until three minutes left at, 30, at the three minute mark you know I, I, I um, cleared the bench and took, took our starters out and you know Nas was sitting next to me I said there's still three minutes left in the game. <laughs> you know, right, right. I, I feel like it's a lot of it's a lot of time, um, but uh, it it all worked out. And uh, you know, even even I feel like yesterday was one of the first games. It might have been the second game that we have had our entire roster healthy. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are going through that this season and a lot of people are talking about it. And we've just kind of, you know, let's figure it out. Let's play on. But now we're finally to the point where everyone's dressing. And I think it definitely makes a, a difference in our rotation. And that's going to really help us moving forward. By the way, Terry, when, when you asked Coach Rico that question, Sarah Van Meter uh, the outstanding sports information director just kind of looked like, well, of course she wasn't relaxed. What are you talking <laughs> exactly. about? She, she knows. Uh, we got to get one more break in. We'll come back, wrap things up with head coach Kim Barnes Rico after this from Learfield. Delicious food and drinks plus Wolverines basketball talk. The Pretzel Bell is your home for inside Michigan basketball. Now let's get back to the show. 
Indeed, we are with head coach Kim Barnzarico of Michigan women's basketball. You mentioned that you know the plan was to go and recruit today, but the travel issues uh, made that uh, uh, impossible for you. How difficult is it to balance in-season recruiting? Because I mean, your schedule's busy enough adding that element to it but it, but it's also important to be in front of people yeah um it's tough it's it's definitely a challenge and you try to find those windows like today um is a is a day where a lot of um states have a, a martin luther king tournament where you can see a bunch of kids on one day so you really try to get to those tournaments um and hopefully you know you're not playing that day which we thought would be the case but it is tough in the course of the season i mean you, you know you get home last night and you're drained you're drained after a game I'm sure you guys are drained when you get back after travel, um, but it is important, you know, to to love up the the future Wolverines and and try to get in front of them as much as you can, especially during the season. Yeah, coach, how, how many coaches in this league would you say you kind of get the same thing each time? I mean, you talked about Ohio State and Nas saying that they're not going to change. Are there coaches like throughout the league that you're saying we're getting that zone and that's what we're getting, or hey, this is the offense they're going to run, whether they're running the Bo Ryan swing offense, yeah. and that's what you're going to get. Do you run into teams like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, the more you're in the league and the more you go against people, you kind of know their systems and get a sense of what they do. And there are some coaches that make adjustments and say, okay, we're going to adjust to how Michigan plays and we're going to try to take Nas Hillman away and we're going to throw different numbers at her and double her. Or, you know, there are certain coaches that stick to their philosophy. No, we run this zone and, and we're going to do that regardless of what Michigan does. Or we play this certain type of offense. Like a lot of teams play dribble drive, you know, like right. they're going to stick to their dribble drive regardless of how we defend it. So I, I think there's a mix in our league. Um, there's a couple. I think they're stubborn, but whatever. Like that's, right, you know, right, that right, right. stick to their philosophy. I mean, w w one thing I learned, especially when I first got to the University of Michigan, um, because I was coming from a team that had, had just went to the Sweet 16 and I was inheriting a team that was completely different styles, is you have to adapt. Sometimes you have to adapt to your personnel and to the strengths of your team. You know, I was talking to a recruit the other night and she's like, well, coach, do you always go um, as post? You're always your first option. Do you always post entry? And I said, heck, when you have Nas Hillman, you <laughs> surely do. <laughs> right, right. Now next year right. we may not, there but, but when you have an All-American, you certainly do. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Glad you could make it today. I wish you could have been recruiting as well, be in two places at once. But with the next couple of Mondays being home games because of uh, your, your team's just playing too well and they want to put you on TV, uh, but we will uh, do our best to, to have some fun without you, and we look forward to, to bringing you back coming up in February. Well, it's always great to see you guys. Thank you, and thank you for your continued support of our program. As always, go blue. Indeed, go blue. Kim barnes Rico. it's an easy program to support with all the success that they've had here this season, getting set to take on Wisconsin on Thursday at Chrysler Center. We're back to wrap it up right after this as you listen to Inside Michigan Basketball from Learfield.
Final thoughts here on Inside Michigan Basketball. Uh, good show. Uh, big week coming up here for both the men's and the women's programs. For the men, it is Maryland tomorrow at 7 o'clock and then at Indiana coming up on Sunday. The women, a pair of home games Thursday at 7 o'clock against Wisconsin and then uh, I guess technically next week, Monday with Purdue. Uh, your impressions of what you've seen from Maryland on the men's side for tomorrow night? Well, they went through some changes and they're trying to figure it out just like we're trying to figure it out. So I expect Maryland to come in here and – you know, play like their hair is on fire. But, you know, kind of at the same time, I expect Michigan to play with a sense of urgency because, hey, every game is going to count from here on out. If we plan on making a tournament, it has to start today. Yeah, there's <laughs> no doubt. But love the effort, love the energy. Uh, if that can carry over and you get a win, it, it, I think it can really help this team take off. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to gain some momentum. If you can give that type of effort and bottle that up and bring that every single day, you're going to win some ball games. Great work tonight, sir. Thank you. Appreciate There's it. Terry Mills, the national champ. Thanks to Tony Butler, our engineer, Alex Francis, our uh, board op down in uh, the Learfield Studios. Thanks to the outstanding crew here at the Pretzel Bell in downtown Ann Arbor. And thanks to all those who attended as well. We will be back on the air with you tomorrow, 6.30, for a tip-off at 7.05. Michigan and Maryland Wolverines trying to get back onto the winning track. That's it for this edition of Inside Michigan Basketball. Thanks, as always, for listening, and go blue. Thanks for listening to tonight's edition of Inside Michigan Basketball, live from the Pretzel Bell. Whatever the occasion, Pretzel Bell is Ann Arbor's hometown favorite. Pretzel Bell on Main Street in Ann Arbor. If you missed any of tonight's show, subscribe to MGo Blue Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.